I'm Dr. Robin McKay. This is the Mindset RX podcast, the show made especially for emotionally intelligent leaders ready to set the tone for a positive, productive, and purposeful week. And it's for those of you who are asking big questions like, is this all there is? What's next? And what's my purpose? Listen, the world of work has changed. Grit, hard work, and tenacity are giving way to purpose, flow, and hope as we seek new ways to contribute, make a difference, and create a career and life that matters. It's time to start dreaming again. Here we go. All good things must come to an end. And this week, I am announcing that our limited series, Mindset Rx, is coming to an end. We started publishing Mindset Rx way back in September of 2021. And our very first episode was five new solutions to burnout recovery for corporate teams. And since then, I've covered all number of things. When top women leave corporate, do you stay or do you go? How to know when you've reached your surge capacity. And then... We made, a, we made a pivot back in June or July of 2022, and I really started focusing on spiritual entrepreneurs, leaders, and CEOs who think they have ADHD. I certainly do, and I know a lot of my listeners do as well, and I wanted to understand the complexities and the nuances of what it means to have a neurodiverse brain in a world that is constantly changing, evolving, and ascending into the new world that we're creating for ourselves and other people. And so when I did that, suddenly Mindset Rx exploded. I had so many wonderful guests on, many of whom are very, very successful leaders in their own right, who also happen to have ADHD. And we've had so many great conversations over the past seven or eight months that in part, in part, I'm a little bit sad to say goodbye to Mindset Rx, but there is something new on the horizon that's coming also this week. We're making an announcement on February 22nd, 2022, one of my favorite days of the year, that we are starting a brand new podcast. So don't worry, I won't leave you. I'm just changing lanes. And as you know, I've really started focusing a lot on spiritual development, transformational coaching, existential questions that so many of you are asking, especially for the way showers, the thought leaders, and the messengers in this world who are looking for ways to amplify their message and to really channel what they're here to channel. And so it will probably come as no surprise to you that the name of my new podcast is going to be becoming the channel. And this is something that I'm so excited to introduce to you. So stay tuned for that. We're not leaving. We're just changing lanes. And in the meantime, as you're listening to these final two episodes this week, I've got Lydia on, I've got Jerome on. These two people are so incredible. I know you're going to get a ton of value out of listening to them. I wanted to let you know too, so many of you have been asking when I'm going to be teaching Akashic Records level one again. Well, good news. I'm teaching it March 4th and 5th. So if you're listening, when this comes out, it's just in a couple of weeks, we are in early bird pricing right now. So you can save $100 if you enroll before February 22nd. And that's going to be a two day intensive, even if you can't make it live, and you still feel called to be a part of it, please do because the value is there and the power is there, whether you attend live or you are listening to the recording, you'll still get the activations and the, the information that's really necessary for you to be able to tune into, open, read and interpret your own Akashic records for all kinds of wisdom and discernment. The Akashic records are really the, the, system that I've used over the past couple of years, especially to figure out what's next for me, even in this ongoing crazy world that we're living in with so many shifts and, and question marks out there. The Akashic records have really been my true North and the true North for many, many of my clients as well. So you are invited to join us for that. If you're feeling called to join us, 
you can find your registration link at drrobinmckay.com forward slash ARC and the number one. We will put that link in the show notes for you. And as I say goodbye to Mindset Rx, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for tuning in, for showing up, for sending me so many wonderful messages of affirmation and appreciation, and for really truly letting me know how much you've gained and how much you've learned from listening to me and listening to my really special guests who have come on this podcast and joined me. So from my heart to yours, I say a million thank yous, and I want us to stay in touch. So you will be hearing from me in other ways that we're connected on Instagram. You can follow me again at Dr. Robin McKay. And if you're on my email list, you will hear from me there as well. I will be keeping you posted about the new Becoming the Channel podcast, which is starting very soon. And now let's get on with the episode. Lydia Bargarosa is joining us this week on the podcast. Welcome back. You guys, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation that Lydia and I have about all things PR. She's the CEO, founder, and head publicist, and she's currently living in Florida. She helps purpose-driven, purpose-driven, <laughs> and take two. Lydia Bargarosa is joining us on the podcast today. Welcome back. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation that I have with Lydia. She is one of my favorite people. And in fact, she is my media representative, my PR expert, who I've hired to work with me and my organization. And she helps purpose-driven brands like mine skyrocket our audiences, grow our impact, and gain credibility and trust by securing press opportunities organically. She's super passionate about working with mentors, consultants, and environmentally conscious brands, and it's her mission to help all of us leave a legacy behind on this planet. So her professional background, she's been in PR for over 10 years. She's worked on PR campaigns for brands in coaching, wellness, beauty, grooming, lifestyle, music, and the fashion space. And Listen, her clients are featured in media giants like Forbes, Women's Health, Oprah, Mind Body Green, Self, Business Insider, Well and Good, and more. And on this week's episode, Lydia and I dive deep into the conversations around PR, especially around visibility and imposter syndrome. So if you are somebody who's on a mission, if you are a way, way shower, a change maker, a messenger, somebody who's really knows that they really want to do some impactful work in this world, you want to catch this episode. So we will get started with that in just a few minutes. Lydia, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. And I kind of wish we were recording our pregame because we got into our ages and how there's a timelessness to people who are spiritual entrepreneurs, I believe. So welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I so agree. I feel like, especially in this work, I've connected with so many people, all different age groups, and it's never been really like a conversation. So it's funny we talked about it today, but it's just like, it really is a timeless space. Mm -hmm. Well, but there's perspective. Like I had, do you identify as millennial or are you Gen Z? Millennial. So I had a millennial do my blowout a couple weeks ago. And I felt so stylish, like on top of things, like (laughs) usually her mom does it. And she's my, she's Gen X like me. And so she couldn't do it. So Anna did my hair and I, I walked out of there and I'm like, I am the shit. Like there's something about your generation that just elevates everything. And it's really cool. So, oh, wow. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Feeling proud to be a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. You are a publicist extraordinaire. You come to me, to this podcast and to our listeners with amazing credentials and this reputation of being a matchmaker, media matchmaker. So I would love to hear, let's start at your 
the beginning of your career story. How did you get into PR to begin with? Just tell us a little bit about that aspect of your life and we'll go from there. Okay. So this aspect of my life, um, this is actually a pretty long journey. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. So I started my career in the music industry. I was obsessed with everything music related. Um, and in high school, I was like, I'm going to be in the music industry. This is what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do like the business side. And so when I got into college, I did everything for a marketing degree because that's what I thought I needed to do. Um, but my resume was like all music. So I interned for RCA Records in New York City. That's a part of Sony. I um, interned for this like big music manager. I was on the radio station at school. Um, so I did everything that I could to build my resume out to this. And then when I graduated, real life hit, my student loans hit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pick up anything that I can get because realistically, I cannot move to New York City right now. It's just not financially um, in the cards for me. So I was working as a, um, a marketing manager for a real estate development company, which is so opposite of what I'm doing now. Um, and I loved it. I was there for three years, but I still was getting this nudge of like, I need to do music. So I found the one <laughs> public relations firm that worked with huge um, musicians and huge labels right outside of New York. And I was like, I could handle this. I could drive there. And I saw that they were posting for a internship unpaid. And I was like, I am going to quit my job and pick up an unpaid internship. Unknowingly realized that I kind of shot myself in the foot for self-worth. And I will talk about that whole unraveling and picking up a job that um, didn't give me any like income. <laughs> but anyway, so I was so excited. I ended up quitting my job. I told them like, listen, I'm following my dream. And the very last day of that job at the marketing, as a marketing manager, um, my car was totaled. This like older woman that should not have been driving totaled my car. And so um, I should have listened. That was definitely a sign from the universe that was like, this is about to be a bumpy ride. And um, I ended up working at this music agency. Um, I decided day one, I was going to get hired there. And I did in two months. I was like, I'm going to show my worth and work all the time as an intern. And I'm going to make it so like they can take on more business and I'm going to get hired there. Well, I ended up um, working basically three jobs there for $28,000 a year. <laughs> I was working with huge musicians, which is crazy because I was spearheading campaigns for like, I'm talking big names, like the Beach Boys, X Ambassadors, James Bay. These are all Grammy award-winning artists. And I was getting paid nothing, working myself into the ground. I was experiencing just everything that you could think of. Also a lot of car events. <laughs> um, and so this whole journey actually sparked my spiritual awakening. Um, and it also got me really into PR. This was not a route that I thought I was going to take. So it, I'm very grateful for that time because it got me into this industry. Um, but after that, I shifted into beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. I was doing that for a while. The pandemic hit and I was like, I really want to support entrepreneurs that I relate to that are like making a huge difference in the world. Um, and also when I was going through my spiritual journey in 2017 and 18, I could barely find anyone on in the media that could help me. Like I was finding them in like the depths of the internet um, through like a podcast that I found. And then eventually I'd found somebody, I found somebody else, but like, it really wasn't like it is today. So um, and things are shifting and we still aren't seeing a crazy amount. However, things are shifting a lot where I really noticed, especially from the pandemic, that um, the conversations have shifted. Everybody is starting to look more inward and in that they're more interested in spiritual development. They're more interested in wellness. And as we know, things have just, you know, the new paradigm is, is coming and the new earth is coming. So Anyway, that is a long-winded response to how I got to my business today, but now I support um, any entrepreneurs in the self-development space, spirituality, health, wellness. Um, these are my sweet spots and what I really love to support. And 
Um, I think because I'm corporate trained uh, or agency trained, I just work in a way of efficiency. So my clients have been seen on media giants <clears throat> like Oprah, Forbes, um, Women's Health. I, I love top tier. That's really my specialty um, in getting my clients seen on those really big platforms. You brought up something that's so interesting to me when you talked about your spiritual awakening and how you didn't find anybody in the media who could really help you. And I was reflecting on my own journey. I shared with you that I, had, and my listeners know too, I started my spiritual awakening really around the year 2000, when I, right around the time I turned 30. And think about that. I mean, we had the internet, the internet was still pretty young, but I had to go talk about going to the depths of the internet to find <laughs> you're really in there. I was, I was down there like, what is an empath? Am yeah. I an empath? And I found my first spiritual teacher literally in the newspaper. She had advertised she was coming to town. I had read one of her books that my dad pulled off the shelf at the at the bookstore, the Borders bookstore. They don't even exist anymore. Yeah. He was like, Robin, this is Sonia Choquette. You need to read her stuff. I read her book and I'm like, oh my God, she's my teacher. I have to meet her. And then like a couple of weeks later, I was reading the newspaper and there she was going to be in Kansas city, which is where I was living at the time. So whatever happened in the intervening time, it was still kind of slow going, even, you know, all those years later, 17 or so years later, when you were going through your own spiritual awakening, that we as light workers, as spiritual entrepreneurs have been largely underground and in small, in smaller, um, on smaller stages, I would say in the media's yeah. from the media perspective, is that kind of your perception? Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, things are changing. So I have seen so many, also TikTok has been really big for spiritual development. It's something that I did not expect at all. Um, but I've been seeing so many publications that I've been working with for how many years now, and I have not seen them cover anything that has to do with spirituality. And all of a sudden there's a shift. So that's, it's really cool. But um, when I first started my spiritual journey, yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. The only place that had spiritual development or was even talking about like, what is an empath was podcasts and they were still mm -hmm. young men. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's really, really cool to see that shift. And also speaking of, we were on a podcast, but podcasts are becoming so big that they really are the news. So like now that we're starting to see a shift um, in like, power almost <laughs> that we really are we're the news now um so it's it's really interesting to see that shift and be a part of that things are definitely changing and the entrance to bigger stages is becoming more and more um possible for light workers spiritual workers etc i love that well and the other thing i've noticed is changing too in part thanks to you is that it's not the spirituality light anymore. Like you can look back and see like Gabby Bernstein and, you know, uh, Marianne Williamson and people like that in the media. And I think that they played a role in elevating awareness around spiritual growth and development. Yeah. For me, they always seemed a little bit um, um, back. How do you say that word? Bacus, bacus, vacuous, light. <laughs> I don't know whatever the yeah. word is, but they always seemed a little bit light to me. Like I never quite got them. And I think one of the gifts that you bring to spiritual entrepreneurs is the capacity to bring the real, the truth of it rather than truthiness to the media. So I appreciate oh, that yeah. you're doing that work. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I am looking at some of these things. Hang on a second. I want to talk about Remember, this podcast is for spiritual entrepreneurs, leaders, and CEOs who think they have ADHD. One of the things when I talk to people about visibility, being in the media, when we have ADHD, there's already a level of imposter syndrome. Who am I? What if they find me out that I'm not as good, as qualified, as whatever, as I've led them to believe? And then they call you in and say, okay, Lydia, I want to be in the spotlight. <laughs> Can you take us through what your impressions are around that imposter syndrome at the intersection of wh where you work in the media and getting people into the spotlight? Yeah. So 
I would say the number one thing, number one question I get asked is, um, what do I call myself? Uh, I, I don't think I'm an expert. And I'm like, okay, let's just have a little mini conversation here. So um, the, it's not uncommon for an entrepreneur to come to me that's been, say, teaching manifestation or meditation, whatever it is, for 10 plus years. They've served thousands of people. And then they come to me hundreds, whatever it is. And I'm like, hey, okay, so I want to submit you for this article. They're looking for a, a, a manifestation expert or a meditation expert. And they're like, well, I'm not an expert. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> if you are teaching it, absolutely you are. And what's interesting about the media is like, there's so much content being pumped out, um, which is good, actually. I, I, it might seem a little overwhelming, but for the sake of getting our voice out, it's actually just creating more opportunities for us. Um, and with that, a lot of writers will just quickly say like, hey, I'm looking for this expert or that expert. Like I've literally seen in the media, tomato expert. What does that mean? <laughs> but what they're really looking for is they're looking for a chef that uses a lot of tomatoes in their, in their food and maybe they work at a restaurant. So um, the word expert is kind of taken loosely. And I feel like with that, you really need to decide and um, embody that. Like, am I that expert? Obviously you need to take a look. You can't just say like, I can't just say I'm a, you know, I'm a therapy expert because that's just not true. But what I'm saying is uh, I would take a look at your work and really allow yourself to embody that and just kind of quiet the, um, kind of quiet your imposter syndrome because it's especially, oh gosh, this is another thing, especially for um, spirituality and light workers. We have been suppressed for years and years and years, generations. And this work is not something that has been typically celebrated. It's also been um, many times it's been uh, just kind of thrown away as, oh, that's just woo woo. That's not real. It's not backed by science, blah, blah, blah. But now more and more, these meditation and prayer and all of these different things, quantum physics have come in and they've really been backed by science. And so I think um, as we change and move into this new way of doing things and allowing ourselves to be more open, um, it's also helping with that imposter syndrome of seeing to believe, oh, okay, this is now a conversation that's that's allowed to be discussed and we can be added to the conversations. Yeah. It's such a good point because in, I just think about my own field in psychology, how for years I'm saying collectively we, but I specifically had it sort of ingrained in me to not call yourself an expert because there's always mm -hmm. somebody, Lydia, there's always somebody who knows more. So there's that mismatch, right? Between what the media is asking for as an expert and what the actual experts, the actual educated transformational leaders are thinking that expertise is. So I think that one of the gifts that you bring is that you bridge that gap. Even as I, as I was listening to you, I'm like, oh, that's what you mean by expert. You don't mean like the, the depth of knowledge and how many, how many papers do you publish before you, you have permission from the, from the academy to be able to speak as an authority on this topic, or how many books do you have to publish before? And so there's that shift, right? Because mm -hmm. there's, I always say that you have to, it's not about waiting for somebody to give you permission. It's trailblazers don't ask for permission. They just go for it. Oh, I got chills. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wish I could claim that as my own, but it's not. It's one of my colleagues says, says that pretty regularly. But the idea here is that for you, for our listeners who are spiritual entrepreneurs and leaders who want to be more in the media. Oh, I know what I want to ask you about this, this whole mythology on waiting to be discovered. Can Ooh, we talk about is, that? Yes. Oh, I love this one. Um, and the reason why one of my past clients, um, one of my clients last year actually came to me and she was like, Lydia, I'm like really upset. This girl's coming at me and saying that, um, I, uh, I'm like, I should be waiting to be discovered. And it's like 
stupid that I have a publicist pitching me and she's making fun of me and I don't deserve this. Well, this whole thing. And I was like, okay, okay, let's talk about this. I need to, let's take this as like a point of education for everyone. Um, so with this, again, I feel like we need to just come into our power, claim it. And also, um, there's no such thing as somebody coming to discover you. It could happen. I mean, it could happen on like YouTube and TikTok. Every once in a while, there's a viral video and you get quote unquote discovered, right? But there's so much content out there. Like for instance, if you want to be on Ellen DeGeneres, she's not just going to find you on the internet and be like, Ooh, okay. I actually want this person to be on my show. It's just not possible. Same thing with um, being on Oprah, being on Well and Good or whatever you decide you want to eventually be on. They are getting, the way that the media works is they're getting pitches from brands, their in-house PR teams and publicists all day long. And what's beautiful about that is we actually all work in tandem with each other. So I am working with writers and I'm also working with brands. We all are a part of this big machine and we help the, the whole thing move smoothly together. Um, and so with working with a publicist or even pitching yourself is just allowing these um, gatekeepers, I guess, for the media to say like, hey, I'm here and I can help you. Uh, I can contribute to your article. Um, I can talk about this topic if this is something that you're interested in. That's all PR does is say, hey, I can be a resource for you. And so by that, you are able to get on the media um, and you're just contributing to a conversation. And by getting discovered, it's, I mean, it's just, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. What do you think that is? Because I remember when I was a kid, there were stories about, you know, young girls who were my age, who would be on the train going to New York city and get, I'm using air quotes here, get discovered that has sort of, it stayed with me. And okay. if it's staying with me, it's probably stayed with other people as well, that it is possible. And that's what you need to wait for. It's a little bit like Robin, my mom used to say this. I used to love to hang out with boys because there was no drama and they were really fun and they talked about sports. Like that was it. Yeah. And my mom would say, don't, don't you call Lance. You wait for him to call you. Mm. So there was kind of that. And I'm just curious about what that, what your take on that messaging is from society, culture, parents around for, especially for women, yeah. just wait, just wait. Yeah wait to so, be recognized, wait to be discovered. Yeah. So I think there's always aligned action to anything that you end up calling in, whether it be being discovered. Um, so I guess let's like use the music industry, for example, say somebody gets quote unquote discovered. Um, they probably are already doing something that's getting them, getting them to a point where somebody may want to invest in them. When they get to that point, they're going to have a PR team that PR team is going to be pitching their music. They're, um, they, they're going to be getting them on TV shows and that's how they really grow that fame. So the idea of getting discovered, I feel like, I mean, it might've happened back in the day, but things have shifted where that's just not the case anymore. Um, but there's always some sort of aligned action. And then especially for women, we have been told for many years <laughs> to be quiet, to wait, to, um, you know, be humble and just, you know, take the backseat for everything. And I think men don't get the same dialogue. They do not. They just don't. With men, it's a, the opposite, right? It's, um, oh, you go get what you want and take what you need. And, oh, you deserve it. You're an expert. And these are different conversations that we're being fed. It's just the reality of what we've been through as women. Um, but now I feel like as we are shifting into uh, a space where more female entrepreneurs are like allowed to be uh, allowed to share their voice and allowed to um, be louder without being quieted by others, it's, it's definitely shifting, uh, but it's going to take time. And I feel like with you as somebody who even has a podcast in this platform, you're inspiring somebody else to be able to raise their voice and speak 
Um, so this is really inspiring. Just, just a heads up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, and we've got big plans for the podcast this year as well. It's going to become the major portal into entry, entering into my world. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I was thinking about being too big for your britches. Mm. And there's a new song that I love. My husband actually discovered it, which is so funny because it's a country song and he's not a country guy, but (laughs) it's a song by, you guys will have to check it out. Mary Heather Hickman, it's called Britches. And she says, this other way isn't working. And anyway, you like me better when I'm a little bit too big for my britches, like Mm. literally. So there's something around that right now that I think that all of us, me, Lydia, you, our listeners can take from in terms of what we're willing to do in order to inspire others and in order to evolve as people. And I want to talk about visibility as a pathway of personal and self-development, because I know that that's something that you look at. See, this is one of the things I love about Lydia, you guys, is that she's she's PR and we might as, as light workers look at PR and say, oh, it's superficial. Oh, it's I don't know what are some of the other words that people might have a some make assumptions about, but Lydia is one of the most grounded, intuitive, aware humans that I've ever met, especially in this field. And there's nothing artificial or superficial about you. So that development, the spiritual development, the personal development through visibility, talk us through that. Do you have a couple of stories you could share? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell me. So um, I see this most in my programs. So I do have programs that where I teach entrepreneurs how to pitch themselves to the media. This is typically um, if they're not ready to invest in PR, but they want to get their toes wet um, and just like see how it feels to start being more visible. And um, the recent group that I led, we just finished at the end of this this past year, They um, we spent a lot of time on the fear of being seen. Um, and a lot came up and that's okay because when we decide to be visible, um, any, I mean, no matter what self-development and entrepreneurship go hand in hand. Um, every time you decide to go to a next level in your business, things are going to get stirred up. So if visibility is something that you are afraid of, what's going to happen is you're going to get obsessed with the titles that you want to call yourself or get obsessed with your bio or think, oh my God, I am, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. Like I can't be seen with my photo shoots. I need new photo shoots. So there's a lot, a lot of insecurities that got brought up and that's okay. Cause it's all part of the journey and it's just showing us where we need to release that or grow. Um, and so if you are out there listening and you're thinking about PR and you're like, Ooh, yeah, if I'm going to be visible, um, what things are going to come up for me, it's, it usually comes around what we were even talking about before the expertise. Um, am I even an expert? How am I going to be interviewed on Oprah when, you know, Oprah is leading it or Gabby Bernstein gets interviewed all the time. But what I want to say actually is look at those like top, if you are in like the self-development space or whatever space you're in, whatever industry you're in, I want you to look at the top leaders that are quote unquote famous in your industry and take a look at their credentials, take a look at their background and see where, where they went to school or whatever they did. You know, um, I think like the best one is, um, Albert Einstein, wasn't he a dropout? Well, don't even get me started on him. He, okay. I don't even, but, <laughs> anyway, he's but no, the perception, the, the perception of who he was versus who he actually was, was right. quite different. And I think that that's your point is that actually brings up something for me. I remember, gosh, this was, it was after I left ASU. So I had my PhD, I wrote the book, got out. And I remember sitting, I was at somebody's mastermind in person here in Arizona. And I remember I was sitting there crying. It was John Asaroff that was on my mind. I'm like, he doesn't even have a PhD in neuroscience and here he is out there. And I'm just indignant about it, but I'm also crying because I, and I did this with him and also with Marie Forleo. And my question was, mm. what do they have that I don't have? As though I was the one who was lacking. And I know uh, I have a very different story and understanding of both of those right. people now, 
But at the time, there was this perception that I was doing something wrong. So we can gaslight ourselves when it's not necessary or appropriate to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and- with Azeroff, I mean, like he had a big social media team and he had millions of dollars at his disposal for, you know, Facebook ads and all the things, not to mention however much money he was pulling in for his programs. He was getting chargebacks and all the things that were going out as a result of the, you know, whatever quality of work he was producing. Yeah. And what's funny about a lot of this is all my clients that have the highest amount of imposter syndrome, I promise you they're the most qualified. And they're usually the ones that have a crazy background of credentials. I have seen so many, especially, um, especially in the self-development space, I feel like a lot of us have imposter syndrome around, um, oh, well, I'm not trauma-informed enough, so I need to take a course on it, or I'm not this enough, so I need to do this, I need to do this. There are a lot of women that come to me, and men too, I work with everybody, but um, that will come to me, and they'll have women specifically a list of expertise and certifications and credentials that are, if you're watching this, you know, this long, huge, I'm talking like CVS style, uh, receipt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so mm-hmm. long. And it, I just, sometimes I just tell them like, Hey, we're going to take a look at your credentials. That's a big deal. I mm-hmm. want you to look at that. That's a big deal. So we're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about how you're an expert in all of these different areas. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. it just occurs <laughs> to me, Lydia, I tell this story all the time when I work with women in corporate who have hit, hit glass ceilings and want to go to next level. And this is a story I always tell I had one woman come to me when I looked at her LinkedIn profile, I was like, holy shit. Like she wants to work with me. Like I knew, I I know I'm good at what I do. So it's not that, but her credentials were like mind blowing. Like, (laughs) and so I sat down with her and I'm like, so what's the problem? Well, you know, I did those things, but I mean, literally she was in charge responsible for billion dollar projects. Like if I name the names of the programs she was on, you would know them. Yeah. And what the work that I had to do with her was to support her in embodying those and owning those Mm -hmm. so that she got her next level. She ended up in a C-level position as a result of that. I think that is the analog to what you're doing with the true experts is that you're encouraging their embodiment of their expertise Mm -hmm. to bring them to next level as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's a beautiful way of saying it. It's to embody it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like it can be almost viewed when we decide to shift our perspective a little bit, it can be almost viewed as a superpower. Our um, even like perfectionism too. These things are not great to have. However, if you're able to heal from perfectionism, able to heal from imposter syndrome, and you take a look at all the things that you've done, it can serve you. So um, when whenever somebody comes to me, and then and then it you know it goes through a whole evolution because then they feel like shame for feeling bad for their imposter syndrome, and it's like no 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 no, nope. We're just gonna mm-hmm. move forward with this. We're going to take what you have learned and all of that time, and we're going to transmute it and we're going to get you some awesome press. So I just love it. I want to say one last thing about imposter syndrome, because something else occurred to me a while ago, and we'll post it in the show notes. I've got an episode that's titled stop telling women they have the imposter syndrome. And it was based on an article that appeared in the Harvard business review in, I think, September of 2021. The authors asserted that for generations, really, we've been telling women, oh, you have the imposter syndrome. But they, what they said was that the systems and structure, structures that we're moving into are set up to create the conditions for us to feel like imposters, for us to feel different. So that was, that was written in the corporate space. But if we extend that into entrepreneurship, this is the big message on my end is if you're feeling like you're an imposter, maybe it's not you, maybe it's the systems and the structures. I love that shift in perspective. Isn't that so good? It's so good. And if we're just going to get on into the woo side, mm-hmm. words Let's have, do it. Yeah. Words have frequencies. And so when you, when you think about that too, like imposter syndrome and saying it over and over again, 
also our subconscious, I mean, we, it's always listening. So if you're going to say that word over and over again, it can potentially get embedded to your subconscious, right? I mean, I, I'm not as into science that much, but I feel like that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. It's when you repeat something again and again, or you hear something and that shows up that bears out in the research on even girls in math, when girls are asked to, um, assign their gender before a math test, they score lower than if they're not. It's really fascinating how that works. And it goes with um, race and ethnicity as well. So wow. all of those things to say is that I think that we're cracking something open here that's really important for spiritual entrepreneurs in terms of imposter syndrome is to remember that the systems and structures are set up to create the conditions for you to feel out of place. Right. That's the purpose because to go back to what you'd said about the suppression of voices, it's also suppression of light. Yeah. And we're here to change that. And we're here to change that. High five. And what's so fun about all of this too, um, there are clients that even I started working with at the beginning where they've told me, um, and I'm thinking about one in particular, like, I don't know if PR makes sense for me, but like, I kind of want to try it out. She was newer in her business. But um, she just had everything that makes sense for PR. And, and if you don't know, oh, I should actually give you this. Um, if you don't have it, maybe I'll give it to you. It's a PR checklist of all the items that you need before you um, decide to approach media, whether it be PR or doing it yourself. But anyway, she had, all, she had everything on my list <laughs> for the PR checklist. Um, and she was awesome. And she was just like, I don't know if I'm good. If I don't know if I am an expert in this, but like, I kind of want to try it out. And then we got her first press placement and then we got another one. And it just kept being like even bigger and bigger media outlets. And we both were so excited about it. And then I feel like that momentum too, like as her confidence rises and she was getting more excited and seeing what's possible, it also opened up a space energetically for me, but you know, I, I know what I'm doing. So uh, there's like definitely like a mixture in that. But anyway, she told me at the very beginning of her campaign, um, I always tell my clients, I say, tell me exactly what you want to be on. I'm talking like the sky is the limit here. If you want to be on Oprah, if you want to be on Forbes, if you want to be on the Today Show, whatever, tell me it and we're going to pitch for it and we'll see what happens because good stories and good content trumps fame, following, whatever it is, every single time. It really does. I've seen this time and time again throughout my career. I've seen boutique brands get on the Today Show and Oprah, and I've seen top ones not because of whatever, you know? So um, it, a lot, a lot, and there's a lot of factors too. There's like timely story angles, and there's also just um, seasonal story angles or something unique that you're doing. So anyway, she told me at the beginning of her campaign, she wanted to be on Oprah. And within one year, we got her on Oprah, Oprah Prince. Oprah um, only prints four times a year now. It's a quarterly magazine. And just think about all the competition. She is somebody who, quote unquote, has no business in being an Oprah. And she was able to get an organic feature on Oprah, which, by the way, if you try to buy a feature in Oprah print, um, I believe it's like $500,000 and I'm not exaggerating. You can Google their media kit. It's up there, <laughs> something crazy. So um, yeah, just thinking about what is possible when you decide to embody that and say, no, I am important. What I have to say is important. Um, this is needed in the world. I have clients to show it and I'm just going to go for media. Um, yeah. Give me a call. <laughs> I know. And really, this is this has been just wonderful to have you on and and so inspiring, so encouraging. And that's what my purpose is here for for my community is to encourage you to pay attention. If you're feeling yourself lean into what Lydia is sharing with you, it's probably time for you to to get in the spotlight again. Yeah. I always think back to, did you know I have a magazine cover? No. Can I see it? <laughs> Yeah, it was when I was still at ASU and um, I know it came out on my birthday, actually. I'll, I'll oh find it and send God. it to you. Yeah, I look yeah. so different. I'm, I'm academic pretty at that point. I am, you know, probably heavier than I am now. And anyway, I thought I was hot and I was super excited oh, because sure. I always <laughs> wanted a magazine cover and I had set the intention when I moved to Arizona that I would get one. And within a couple of years that actually happened, it was so fun to do, but part of it, it is 
Oh, there's a whole story behind that. We should do one on just magazine covers because I've got like, they wanted me to pose because it, it was for my women in science and engineering organization. And they wanted me, WISE, which is the acronym. She wanted me to pose on the cover with a Tommy gun in a gangster. And I'm like, um, oh I'm God. at Arizona State University. We're an anti-gun <laughs> organization and then she was like this one. okay well well how about a um a glass of whiskey and a cigar I'm like again no <laughs> so I had to negotiate for myself to find the right fit and then right before we did that shoot and we landed on pinstripes and a red rose and something like that kind of a little bit like mafia kind of thing but not really okay. uh, but but um then right out right before the magazine was meant to be published there was a school shooting and they pulled the whole thing and we reshot in my normal clothes on campus and it felt so much better and yep. so anyway wow. there's that so I don't know why I brought that forward other than there are all kinds of awkward things that probably if I had a publicist working with me for me I wouldn't have had to manage myself so yeah well anyways. proud of you for advocating for yourself and saying hey oh. I respect your creative direction but let's not do that <laughs> no let's we're gonna go ahead and not do that so yeah, yeah. yeah for myriad reasons I'm like that's so not me and it's so not my vibe so right. anyway uh, and well and I think that to the point is and that might be one of the fears that listeners might be having is what if it's not in alignment with what my values are how do I negotiate that does that make sense yeah, this is a really good question. Actually, thank you for bringing this up. Um, I met someone at a coffee shop the other day and he asked me, and this, this is funny because I feel like this is the conversation that people think PR is. Um, some guy started talking to me at a coffee shop and he was like, oh, what do you do? Because I had my laptop out. So I told him PR and he's telling me this like crazy, horrible story about this like yoga instructor that got in trouble for this. And, and he's like, yeah, you would have been like really needed there. And I'm like, okay, pause. I do not do any sort of damage control PR. PR is not used for just damage control, but a lot of the times that's, that's a topic that's brought up. And also like a topic that's brought up a lot is, oh, well, I don't want to be pitched here and I don't want to be pitched here and this and that. And there are some agencies out there that don't listen to you. I have heard that before. However, I am on your team. And I want to only pitch you to what aligns with your values. And I want to advocate for you. So, and any good publicist will do this for you. Um, so not just me, although <laughs> I like to think of myself as like diamond in the rough, but it's not just me. Um, you're not and, even in the rough. You're just a diamond. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But any good publicist will advocate for you. And if you decide like, hey, I feel a little uncomfortable here. This doesn't really align with me. They will always say, okay we're not going to do it. We'll pull out. Okay. We're going to ship this. How do you feel about this? And so the number one question should always be like, how, what do you feel comfortable speaking on? And this is actually one of the first questions I ask my clients in our kickoff call is what do you feel comfortable speaking on? Is there anything that you want to leave out? And I think that's really important because we also have control over what we're talking about in the media. And it's, it's typically things that we want to speak on our expertise, um, things that inspire us. And that's what PR should be for. It should be feeding and highlighting all of the aspects of our business or, or topics that we love to speak on and just really amplifying that, that positivity and that, that, yeah, what, what you want to talk about. Love it. What do you have coming up sister? Coming up. Ooh, I got to the tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, I, this is the first time I'm releasing this information. Um, but I am switching my business to an agency model. So within the next, hopefully six months, you will see that we are not just going to be Lydia Bagarosa LLC. We're going to be some sort of agency name. So that is happening. Um, and with that, my plan is to grow more. Thank you. So, um, I am taking on new clients at the moment and then, also visibility on purpose. And this so aligns with your audience and this conversation. So I'm really excited to talk about this. So my colleague, um, Bridget and I both, she's a speaking coach and she owns a publishing house and she's also um, a podcast host. And we both align in this way where we always, we want to bring voices 
that should be heard to larger stages. And we both decided last year to collaborate on this project called Visibility on Purpose. And it was basically a media training school teaching um, entrepreneurs how to pitch themselves to the media. But what, what I was talking about is we ended up going deep into some shadow work and things like that to, um, it, it, it ended up being mostly women. So we ended up doing a lot of like fear of being seen and a lot of work on that. And we saw so many of our students get on major publications by pitching themselves. It was so awesome. And so we decided to start a whole new company. Visibility on Purpose is now its own brand. And we will be running this program multiple times a year. Eventually we may um, make it a membership platform. But anyway, if you are a entrepreneur and you're interested in maybe dipping your toes in PR or deciding that you just want to be more visible, we're not only trying to go for media here, we're trying to go for stages and just different media platforms. So um, this is like a passion project turned into a brand and we're just really excited about it. I love the name so much. And I feel like that that's going to be probably the title of our episode as well. I just think it's so important um, having been visible for years myself and, and extending that beyond what I've done in the past. And I know some of my listeners are feeling the same way. It's just as it's such an intentional journey that we're on and it's not haphazard and it's not waiting to be discovered by some synchronistic serendipitous event but to your point which you made earlier it's about aligned action yeah it's not magical and it's not luck at all it's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and thank you for shepherding those of us who are leaders onto these big stages and into the spotlight and and being on our team while we're there as well it's really valuable I have got your link to the PR checklist that oh, we'll good. put in the show notes. <laughs> and where can they find you? Yeah, they can find socials. me. Yes, on social media. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, even though I'm not <laughs> very active on there. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. And you can also find me on my website, LydiaBagarosa.com. It's a long name, so I would check the show notes. But if you type that in, really anywhere you'll find me. There's no other Lydia Bagarosa to my awareness. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and everybody will see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Mindset Rx. Make sure to visit my website, drrobinmckay.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, it'd simply make my day if you'd consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. Or if you'll just tell a friend about the show, that would help us out a lot too. If you like this show, you might want to consider connecting with me on LinkedIn. And I'm also available for private executive coaching, corporate trainings, and keynote addresses. Just email us at robin at drrobinmckay.com and request more information. And remember this, it's time to start dreaming again. Your future is waiting.